may God continue to elevate and increase your understanding of the word that you be found firm, that you be found faithful and confident, amen, in the spoken word of God. Our scripture reading will go back again, again tonight to the book of Genesis, the third chapter. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Verses 1 through 7. Genesis 3. Amen. Verses 1 through 7. Also, we're going to add to that Genesis 2. Amen. Genesis 2, the second chapter, verse 15 through 17. Amen. And also, we're going to add, amen, James, the first chapter, verse 1 through 8. There are several other scriptures that we're going to use um, tonight, but we'll start like that, and then we'll add the rest. Amen. We'll start like that, and we'll add the rest. All of this will be in the New King James Version of the Bible. Amen. Genesis 3, chapter uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. Amen. And it says, uh, Now the serpent was more cunning uh, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Has God indeed said? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, You may eat of the fruit of the trees of the uh, of the trees of the garden. We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit which is in the in the midst of the garden, Amen. God said, You shall not eat it nor touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows, amen, that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and that the tree, desire, the tree desirable to make one wise, uh, she took of the fruit of it and she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the, the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, some of the most insidious dialogue that you can see, amen, is in a direct attack on what God said. Amen. It's a direct attack on what God said. Uh, and verse 5 says, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, amen, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. At that point, Adam and Eve could not be closer, could not be more like God than they already were, amen. There was nothing, here's the key, you got to get this in your spirit, there was nothing that Adam and Eve lacked as God's creations on earth. There was nothing at that point, amen. The Garden of Eden was there, praise God, there was water in the garden, uh, there was absolutely nothing that they liked, neither natural or spiritual. There was nothing that they liked. But through the dialogue, amen, the, the, amen, the serpent created um, a hunger, an eyesight that she did not have. But through trickery, through trickery, through this cunning scheme, all of a sudden now she saw the tree was good for food. Up until that point, wasn't paying any attention to it. It's the enemy that directed her that direction. Praise God. Amen. With a series of doubt and unbelief. A lies. Amen. Verse 4, just outright lie. You will not surely die. When God says you will die. 
Amen. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. So he is, you got to get this, he is saying that God is holding out. He's holding out. So he's creating uncertainty and assurance on what God said. Amen. He's creating an uncertainty as though God is holding out. They could not be more like God than they already were. Genesis 2, verse 15 through 17. Amen. Genesis 2, the second chapter of Genesis, verses 15 through 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden, amen, to tend it. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Amen. This is what the Lord commanded. Praise God. Every tree of the garden, every tree of the garden, you may eat freely. Every tree of the garden, you may eat freely. Amen. You got to get that because the, the enemy introduces when his, his first question, amen, is a, it's just an outright, it's doubt, but it's an outright lie. He says, uh, uh, has God indeed said, you shall not eat, amen, of every tree of the garden. And God says, you may eat it freely of every tree except this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. And because um, when, let's just, let's just get finished with it because we got another verse we want to go to. Amen. You shall surely die. So when the man, Adam, uh, is brought into the world, he has occupation. He has, amen, uh, parameters. He has a blessed location. He has a relationship with God. Amen. And this is why Eve, uh, this, is the, this is the environment that the, uh, that the woman was uh, brought into. The, the woman was not named Eve until after the fall. And then Adam named her Eve, saying she is the mother of all living. Amen. So uh, up until this, up until that point, uh, amen, it was, she just referred to as a man, womb man, a man with a womb. Amen. She was not called Eve until after the fall. Praise God. Now, uh, in Genesis 3, chapter 22, verse 20 through 24, explains why the banishing of the garden was necessary. Then the Lord God said, Behold, man has become a man like one of us, to know good and evil, and now lest he put out his hand and touch of the tree of life and eat, amen, and live forever. Therefore God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground Amen. From which he was taken, so he had. So he drove him out. So he drove out the man and placed a cherub at the east of the garden of Eden, and a flaming sword was turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Amen. So there were two trees in the garden. One was the knowledge of good and evil. The other tree was the tree of life. Amen. The other tree was the tree of life. Now that he has eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. And his eyes are open and he's in sin. It is necessary to put Adam out of the garden. Least he eat of the tree of life in which we've come to know is Christ. Eat of the tree of life. And then he lived forever in that condition. So this is not just punishment. This is necessary until the time of uh, reformation, until the time of all things are at hand and Christ come. He has to be put out of the garden. Least he lived forever in the state. And, and then 
praise God, thereby there's no, there's no attempt for salvation because he's living forever in that condition. Praise God. Let's look at this up. James 1, and I'm just laying the foundation for where we're going. James 1, um, verse 1 through 8. Let's read verse 2. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. If anyone likes wisdom, let him ask God, who gives liberally without reproach. Amen. Won't be mad about it. Won't have no repercussion for asking. And he'll give it liberal. Amen. Without any consequences. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. Here's what the deal is. With, amen. With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. He who doubts is like the wave of a sea. Amen. Driven and tossed by the wind. Amen. For let not this man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Double-minded, he's unstable in all of his ways. Praise the name of the Lord. Tonight, I want to deal with this subject, and, and amen, and build this case we're working on, amen, in regard to spiritual warfare, amen. What did God, what did Jehovah really say? What did God really say, amen? And for a subtopic, exposing the true nature of doubt in unbelief, exposing the true nature of doubt in unbelief. Praise God. Amen. Uh, all attack of the enemy is designed uh, to create separation, amen, between the creator and, cre and his creation, i.e. death. It's, death is simply the separation of life. Amen. So all of spiritual attack is created, amen, to create separation of death amen, between the creator and his creation. Um, the enemy knows that as long as man is in intimate relationship with God, amen, and now through the atoning works of Jesus Christ, praise God, uh, he is, amen, uh, that man is unstoppable. Amen, Satan knows that man is unstoppable because Christ in him is the hope of glory. Christ, amen, through the power of the Holy Spirit in him. They understand rank and file. They understand the very nature of Christ and what he's, amen, going to do, what he has the ability to do. And now that spirit is found in his creation. And so every uh, trick in the book that he can uh, bring out to stop man from maximizing their relationship with the creator Amen. He'll do because once that transfer happens and once the creator is inside the creation, he's outranked. Amen. And you are the most feared being on earth. Glory to God. You're the most feared being on earth. Demons fear you. Uh, do everywhere. And this is unanimous across the board through all four gospels where they, where they ran into Jesus. It was always, what have you to do with us? We beg you. We know who you are. And when that Jesus was transferred into Paul, the demon says, we know, amen, uh, we know Paul, Jesus and we know Paul. Amen. So it is that, the, that, that presence, amen, is transferable. It's called the Holy Spirit. What things were of the Father was given to the Son and what things of the Son is given to us by the Holy Spirit. What the enemy don't want 
uh, want us to do is to realize, is to realize, is to realize, amen, who we can become, amen, our, here's the key word, potential. So all warfare is designed to create separation between the creator and the creation. And he knows that God's principles will not be broken. And if we're found in disobedience, it has to create death or separation from God. Amen. Death is, is just literally the separation uh, from, uh, amen, separation of life. Amen. And so the enemy enters in uh, through doubt and unbelief. So what we have here, amen, is the first strategy that has created this separation. Amen. And the first fall in the first family, in the first book, amen, is designed to create, amen, doubt and unbelief leading to disobedience, therefore a disconnect. The question we have to ask ourselves uh, analytically is, why does he choose in his cunning ways to initiate his first initial contact with man is to create doubt in what God said and unbelief? Amen. Create doubt and unbelief. He knows that these instructions, amen, he knows that these promises are key to how God operates. He understands that. He knows full well that these instructions that he has given Adam, he knows that, amen, these are the things that can, that, amen, if you're going to break down the relationship, it's going to be broken down, amen, through his commands and through his promises. Glory to God. Amen. And so, and so, so this major strategy that he used, the deceiver, amen, is to cause a disconnect. And he understands if we're connected, we're powerful. If we're disconnected, we're pitiful. If we're connected, we're powerful. And we're able to subdue our enemy. When we're connected, we can become an enemy to our enemy. When we are disconnected, amen, we're pitiful and we go along with the world system. We're not conform or transform. Amen. We're not, uh, uh, we just go along with whatever happens, and thereby we're not a threat. As long as we can continue to be disobedient, we'll never be a threat. We can be vocal. We can posture. We can puff like a peacock. Amen. But never really being a legitimate threat. Praise God. There are some snakes in the animal kingdom that puff themselves up, appearing to be venomous like a cobra. Amen. They puff themselves up. Their, their throat as though they are some type of venomous or poisonous snake, amen, and they continue this posturing uh, as long as it looks like it's going to work. But this moment that uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to work, they just they just jump down and quickly try to run. Uh, but their initial is to appear like there's somebody, something else. It's called, amen, they show it, they're putting on. That's why it's so dangerous to be a hypocrite because they're a hypocrite sooner or later, uh, the posturing and uh, the uh, the the blowhard, the gesturing, the enemy knows you don't have nothing. You just putting on you just putting on the show. Praise the name of the Lord, Amen. So the initial opening, Amen. Uh, the conversation is uh, with doubt. Has God really said, Amen? Did God really say you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Amen. If Eve would have answered right, if the woman, I mean to say, if she would have answered right, it would it would have been a short question. It would have been a short conversation. Amen. 
if she would have answered right, amen, it would have been a short conversation. What the first Adam failed at, the second Adam, Christ, succeeded. When the enemy said, if you be the, and it's the same question, amen, the same doubt, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And the second Adam says, it is written, amen, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, by every word that just proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so herein lies the genesis of the term that we're dealing with, spiritual warfare, amen. Uh, it's, it's a spiritual thing, but it takes place in the mind. The enemy, amen, created conversation, started conversation, initiated conversation, designed in the end to create, amen, to uh, uh, make, create disobedience and disobedience death. That's what the, that's what the uh, goal was. So let's separate this because as long as this man is in his maximum strength, amen, I can't handle him because he has the glory of God on the inside of him. Glory to God. Come on, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, and so uh, he, 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 he wants to create that, that separation. Amen. And uh, as long as we are separated, the mindset that we have is called a carnal mind. Amen. So fleshly mind. Romans 8 said that this mind is enmity, is hostile against God. It's hostility. Amen. When that mind is not connected to the creator, that mind is hostile against the creator. When it's not connected to the creator, it's hostility. And it cannot submit to the will of God. So, amen, the enemy's first attack is in the mind. So this is why Paul says, amen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, thought patterns, arguments, amen, uh, satanic-induced doctrines that take place in the mind. Listen to this. As long as the enemy uh, has a, a, a false narrative, about what warfare really is conjured up in a picture in our mind, we'll never really engage with true warfare. As long as we have in our mind some farce, some uh, deceived concept, a picture of what spiritual warfare is, we'll never engage in the battle truly. Amen. Why? Because we're thinking about something that is not, that is not. Anytime you allow the enemy to define himself, He'll never be true about who he really is. Amen. Anytime you allow our mind to just go and wonder about what spiritual warfare, it doesn't mean that in, amen, in complete darkness, we run outside with some type of sword, amen, piercing the darkness with us. Praise the Lord. Amen. And as long as that narrative of work, we'll never really engage. Glory to God. Amen. So the demonic goal is to create doubt and unbelief and thereby creating death and separation from God. Doubt is defined as a feeling of uncertainty. You got to get this. Doubt is defined as a feeling of uncertainty. Amen. Here's another word, questionable. Amen. Unlikely. It means to hesitate to believe. This is Western definition. Doubt. A feeling of uncertainty. It means to be uncertain about the truth. To be uncertain about the truth. Amen. Uh, to consider questionable. Has God really said? It means to be unlikely or to hesitate to believe. The other definition uh, for doubt is a feeling of 
uh, not being certain about something, especially about how good or how true. Say again, Bogus. Amen. It's uh, a feeling of being uncertain about something. Amen. Especially about how good or how true. So the enemy wants to create a doubt, uncertainty about how good God is, the nature of God, and question about how true is his word. Amen. Um, the biblical definition of doubt is, un is wavering between two minds. The biblical definition of doubt is wavering between two minds, uh, amen, and lacking confidence. It's a wavering between two minds and lacking of confidence, of assurance, amen, of a complete trust in God. Ah, that's it, of a, amen, it means, it, it, it's, a, it's a wavering, not having a complete trust in God. Amen, God knows in the day that you eat of it. He's creating that break. He's creating that separation in the mind first. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Creating that, amen, and now her eye, now the eyes are open. Now they're looking at that tree in a different mindset that's initiated by the enemy. We're talking about warfare, not just temptation. This is warfare, amen. Never, amen, allow the enemy to swipe at your juggler and then turn around and say he was playing, amen. For the thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. Never allow a swipe of your juggler Amen. A real attempt at your life to turn around and then say, oh, I was just playing. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. So this is what doubt is. Unbelief, amen, is, to, in this definition, is two words, distrust and disobedience. Amen. At its etymology, at this just root word, amen, unbelief means distrust and disobedience. Praise God. Uh, it is the antithesis or the opposite of faith, amen, is unbelief. It's the opposite of faith, amen. In Matthew chapter 14, let's look at this. Thank you, Father. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. Matthew chapter 14, amen, and it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat uh, and says, go and, and go before him to the other side. Amen. And when he had sent the multitude to the way, verse 23, amen. Uh, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. And the and, but the boat was now in the midst of the sea, amen, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. Amen. But they, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, amen. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. If it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. Amen. So he, G, Jesus, he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water with Jesus. Amen. I wish the story stopped there. Amen. Uh, then we'll have a successful 
interaction. But verse 30 says, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began sinking and crying out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, amen, caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, get this, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I shouted today when I saw verse 32, because the wind, when the wind ceased, it means the test is over. Amen. It was a design test. It was a Jesus test. Sent the crowd away, told the disciples, y'all go ahead, go on, go on on the other side in the boat. He went along to pray. Amen. But this is a test we're about to, Peter's going to need this for where he's going. Peter's going to need this for where he's going. As soon as the test was over, the wind stopped. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Then those who were on in the boat came and worshiped and said, truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. And in uh, Mark's version, it says, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the waves obey him? Amen. So when he stretched out his hand and saved him, here's the point. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, Peter had faith and walked in faith as long as there was no disturbance. Peter had faith and walked out faith as long as there was no disturbance. But as soon as the wind blew, amen, it showed that he had faith, but he had just a little faith. And little faith created doubt. Little faith created doubt. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So, so this thing is designed. This thing is designed for us to question what God said. Peter said, Jesus said, you can come out on the water. Amen. That settled it. That settled it regardless of the wind, regardless of anything else that happened. Jesus said, I can walk on this water. Amen. Didn't say it. Until the wind blew. Jesus said, I can walk on the water. I can do what he's doing. Jesus said, I can do what he's doing. He told me to come. Amen. It had nothing to do with the claws, but when the wind blow, go back to the boat. No, he said, I can do what he's doing. The wind is there to test faith. Glory to God. The wind is there to test faith. Amen. Little faith is always result, amen, in doubt. The wind is designed to test, but little faith will always create doubt. Amen. Uh, this uh, unbelief. Glory to God. And so what the enemy wants to do through this temptation, amen, is, is uh, create doubt and unbelief. Glory to God. So now, this wind test, amen, overall, Peter made a 50. <laughs> Glory to God. If you were the greatest, out of 100, he made a 50. He got 50 for having the courage and the faith to get out of the boat, but lost 50 because, amen, the wind and the waves caused him to doubt in his son. Amen. He saw, he looked around, praise God. Uh, so he can only get a 50, but praise God, later on, he'll make a he'll make 100 and everything that God called him to do. Praise God. Amen. So we must learn, beloved, you got to get this in your spirit, to recognize Amen. Different aspects of spiritual warfare. We have to learn to recognize when we are under the gun, so to speak. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We have to recognize when the enemy is, is trying to stop the promise of God from manifesting in our life. And we have to recognize the ramifications, amen, and how this is going to affect us as well as those that are around us. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the first battle, the first attack, the first engagement, amen, with the enemy and mankind resulted in, amen, the results was the fall of mankind. Praise God. So this serpent that was more cunning than any beast of the field, his first interaction, you got to get this in your spirit, amen, he says, has God indeed said? Has God indeed said? Did God really say that? Praise God. And so if the woman would have said, according to the word of God in Genesis 2 and 15, if he would, if she would have said, amen, the Lord commanded, uh, said, every tree of the garden we may eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we shall not eat, for in the day that we eat it, we shall, amen, we shall surely die. If she would have just said that, that conversation would have been short. But the moment the adversary recognized, here's the key word, she did not know the word in this context. She did not know the word. He went on. He said, now, and I can see uh, a little sinister grin because he says, you don't know your word. Glory to God, you don't know your word. And so he goes on to create uh Doubt, he created unbelief, disobedience, and separation. Glory to God. This is warfare. This is warfare. This is what goes on in the imagination. This is what the enemy wants to put in the mind. Not just doubt about God, but doubt about God's people, doubt about God's institution, the church, the body of Christ. Amen. Doubt about relationships in the church. Praise God. He wants to create that doubt in the whole apparatus so you spend the rest of your life walking with Christ but uncertain. Amen. Walking with Christ but lacking confidence. Amen. Periodically walking on the periodically walking on the water, obeying Christ. But as soon as the wind blows, glory to God, we're out of there. Praise God. Walking uh, the majority of our life with a fleshly mind, believing in Christ, but never come to the fullness of the possibility, never come into the full potential of what we can do. Glory to God, what we're amen, designed to be capable of. Amen. The fleshly mind is hostile against God. Walking with Christ with this uh, seemingly secret hostility in the mind against Christ, against his people, against his leadership, against the fellowship, against the church. Glory to God, because this mind don't, don't, uh, it doesn't uh, discriminate. Thank you, Father. Amen. If any man likes wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask. Amen. Don't doubt. Praise God. Don't doubt. Amen. Let him ask in faith, not doubting. Amen. For this man uh, is, a, amen, it, he is like the wind tossed to and fro. He's unstable in all his ways. He's a double-minded man. It literally means two souls, two minds. He's thinking and trying to, like a chameleon, he's trying to look both ways at the same time. Praise God. Instead of just keeping an eye on the prize. This is the word of God for us. Amen. So spiritual warfare, amen, it's a spiritual thing that begins in the mind. It's a spiritual thing that begins in the mind. Studying your word, amen, time in prayer is the is a type of boot camp to keep us from failing when the battle ensues. Studying our word, meditating on the word day and night, so that we'll be planted by the tree of the on the waters, amen, that yields fruit in this season. Praise God. Studying the word, knowing the word within this context, keeping it in this context. Praise God. 
prayer, it was is the boot camp. So when the, when the fight breaks out, we don't have uncertainty about who God is and who, well, amen, what God said. Glory to God. Amen. The definition, again, uh, for unbelief, for doubt, I'm sorry, praise God, for doubt, it is uh, to consider questionable. That's what the adversary wants us to be, questionable about God. Why did my mother die? Why did my father die? Glory to God. I asked, I prayed, why are we like this? What happened to, I asked the Lord for a new house. Nothing happened. So the enemy wanted to create doubt. Have you, amen, uh, considered my servant Job wants to create that? But to Job, the only reason Job obeying you like that because of all that stuff he got. That's the only reason he's praising you like that. He's serving you because of all that stuff he got. Creating that doubt. Go ahead and take the stuff. I know what I put in it. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. The word doubt means to be unlikely, to hesitate to believe. To hesitate to believe. Glory to God. To He wants to create doubt between the creation and the creator. Create doubt. Create separation. Hesitant to believe. Amen. Uh, and the, 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 the uh, Bible, the biblical definition of, of doubt is wavering between two minds, lacking confidence. Wavering between two minds, lacking confidence, assurance, complete trust in God. This is a this is a this is the attack of the enemy. This is one of the strategies of the enemy. We got so much more to say about spiritual warfare, but I don't want to over-spiritualize warfare as though it's some cosmic thing that's happening in the heavens that we're doing when we're speaking, we are running over and we're causing lightning. We're piercing the darkness and we become very imaginative about what warfare is. Amen. Instead of being biblical and, real, and realistic that the adversary, glory to God, amen, is trying, amen, his best to impose on your mind and create separation, doubt, and unbelief between, amen, your, your, amen, your creator. That's the deal. So you'll never reach your full potential. Praise God. Amen. So this is the thing that we have to get. This is the thing we have to understand of all aspects of warfare, casting down imagination and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. I say this and I'm, and I'm done. Most all epistles is, trying, is answering some heinous, some insidious doctrine or teaching or saying that is designed to cause rift between the creator and the creation. Amen. Trying to cause rift between, uh, especially the person or the ministry of Christ. Glory to God. If that uncertainty is there, if that lack of confidence is there, we'll never walk boldly. Amen. We'll never walk in faith. Amen. Because unbelief is the antithesis. It's the opposite of faith. And with faith comes confidence. Glory to God. With faith comes confidence. And so, we're not going to over-spiritualize what warfare is. It's not some kind of, amen, a video Nintendo game that's going on in our mind. And as we're speaking and moving our hands, we're moving away demons and all of that kind of thing. And certainly God can do that. But if we stay biblical, we'll recognize, amen, quicker when we're in a battle. That's the key. We'll recognize quicker, amen, we'll, we'll become have greater discernment when the enemy is working on your mind, 
working on your thought life to create doubt, unbelief, distrust, uncertainty about what God said, or what, uh, amen, and about who he is. What Christ said and about who he is. Glory to God. If that's there, you'll never be confident. If that's there, you'll never become bold. If you don't have uncertainty about what God said about us confronting demons, you'll always approach demons timid. Why? Because there's a lack of confidence. There's a lack of, amen, trusting God. There's a lack of knowing exactly what he said and believing in and operating in that. Glory to God. That's what your adversary wants you to do. He just wants you to be remedial all your life and never really come to the maximum of what God's calling you to be. Glory to God. I know I'm hated by the enemy, but the feelings are mutual. Praise God. And so this is the thing, and my time is up, that we are pressing upon you. And this is where we're starting out the basis of spiritual warfare, understanding spiritual warfare, is that it is spiritual. It's a spoken thing, but it's happening in the mind. And the enemy wants you to tempt you into separation, wants to tempt you into separation. And as long as we are yielding, allowing ourselves, amen, the morsels of bread that, amen, stolen bread that tastes good at the front, but it's, but it has, it's affected in the inside. It's so horrid. As long as you stay in that repeated cycle of disobedience, there'll always be separation. Amen. We're never powerful, amen, but we're always separated and pitiful. This is what the enemy wants. This is what he desires. That as long as you're connected to the creator in faith, as long as you, amen, yield to and obey the word of God unconditionally, praise God, you'll always be powerful. But the moment, amen, we allow the temptation of the enemy to create separation, doubt, unbelief, uncertainty about who he is and what he said, how good he is, amen, now we're pitiful. Glory to God. And we'll walk this way with the, amen. Like Peter, we'll have the ability to walk on water only if there's no wind. Come on, Jesus. We'll have the ability to walk on water as long as there's no wind. As long as there's no controversy, we believe God. As long as nobody is, amen, spreading a false rumor, we'll believe God. As long as there's no, amen, no, no, no issues going on. Well, Peter, we can walk on the water and we'll make a 50 out of 100 all our life. And we can only celebrate, amen, the times we're on the we walk to Jesus, but without any issues. Amen. But Peter saw the wind and it was boisterous. Now they're entering another circumstance. Peter, God, I know Christ said, okay, Peter, okay, all right. You're better than the other level. At least you're on the water. At least you want to you be like me. So come on. Praise God, he's standing on the water, he's doing well. All right, let's see if we add this other element, will you stand? If we add this other, if the other element, if the storms of life, see if you stand. If things, praise God, will you stop looking at me and start looking at the storm? Praise God, little faith has, amen, will always create shifty eyes. Little faith will always create shifty eyes, shifting back and forth between Jesus and the wind. Jesus in the financial problem. Jesus in the lie told on you. Looking at shifted eyes, double soul, thinking I can make it, I can't make it. I can do it, I can't do it. I think I can, I think I can. No, I can't. I can't, I'm up, I'm, up, I'm, up, I'm down, I'm over. And in the, in the midst of it, praise God, your soul is torn. You don't know which way to go, what to do. No confidence in the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. 
Amen. But the devil is a liar. Amen. By the time this teaching is over, praise God, we'll stand with greater confidence. If this teaching is designed, amen, to, so that you can recognize quicker your warfare and understand the will of God for your life in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. God, I thank you and I bless you and I, and I glorify you, Father, for what you're doing in your people. We give your name all glory and praise. Fortify our thinking. Strengthen our minds uh, that we may be able to discern when we're under attack from the enemy. And what his goal is to do is to separate us. And now we're not powerful, but we're pitiful. Father, give us a stance and an understanding of what we're doing in this thing called war. Thank you, Father, for your kindness. Thank you most of all for Jesus Christ. And we give you glory and we give you praise. You alone are God. You're worthy of all praise. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.